G'day Blue Baggers, welcome to Blue's Banter Podcast, presented by Buckley Smokehouse. Good to have you on board. Okay, so we've got a few emails here. Um, this is Benny Downfryer from Yarrawonga. Love the show, guys. My question is for Levi. Who do you enjoy bulldozing on the track more? First year guys or veterans? Uh, yeah, great question. Thanks for that one. Um, generally, I'll try and keep that to game day, but sometimes it just can't be helped. But I'll try and keep it to the young fellas and look after the veterans. Um, I think this has come up through the vision um, that you got Newey flying through the half-forward line. Is that, do you reckon that's the biggest hit that you've had? Um, oh, it looks good just because momentum, his momentum's going that way. I've had a couple of good ones in games where I've got a few guys and ended up being free and been able to kick a goal. Um, I remember one year I did one on Heath Grundy. He's obviously not an easy man to move. And I got him down and then went up, took a mark and kicked a goal. And then for the rest of the game, he was just dirty on me, just like little ankle taps and just... <laughs> so that was good fun. Well, those of you that don't know, um, me and Big Meter. Weights partners, um, so I've got to I've got to spot him when he's trying to lift 170 kilos on the bench press. So when he's got Nick Newman, who's about 80 kilos, standing in front of him, just a quick 170 push is obviously going to send him flying. Um, the next question here, Stevie from London. Hi guys, absolutely love the podcast. It keeps me in touch with my baggers while living abroad. Jonesy, I'd like to know. If the club started its own band, who would be on vocals or any other instruments for that matter? Keep up the great work and good luck with the season. Thanks, Stevie. Um, tough question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is our weights coach, Big Rexy, um, loves to sing. Um, so he would be my first in for singing um, if we weren't same players. Um, and he also plays the guitar, so... Me and him have a bit of a jam and, and play a few tunes for the boys at times. Um, but the other one that sort of come to mind um, when I read this one was um, Harry McKay was attempting to learn um, the guitar a few years ago. Um, and we had a little segment where I think if you didn't have a tackle, you had to spin the wheel. And if it landed on your number, you had to do karaoke for the boys. And so it landed on number 10. Um, right at Craigie Byrne, Harry bought in his guitar and he gave us a rendition of Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. And it was one of the worst things I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Who else would sing? Has anyone got a good voice? I don't know. I no one really sings in the corridors, so I'm not really... Yeah, I can't think. Yeah. Um, maybe you said you're a bit of a drummer. Oh, I did drums when I was at school. I haven't played since. Yeah, well, there we go. I'll go guitar. Rexy can sing. Harry can back up and keep it on Maybe don't let Harry do two things at once. I think the guitar and the singing. Oh, the unnecessary pauses in between him playing the next note was unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, what's the next one there? Next question is Helena from Reservoir. Um, at an all-you-can-eat buffet, which one of the boys is likely to go the hardest? Ooh. There's some big eaters around. Yeah, who comes to mind for you? Oh, I reckon you'd go. 
I reckon I, I could if I'm allowed, but generally I, I can't eat too much as I put on too much weight. If you had free reign, do you reckon you'd, you'd, you'd win it? Uh, I, I could probably go close. Now that, now that Flip's not here. Oh, yeah, true. He's a pig eater. I think um, I just sort of thought Harry again. He seems to eat all the time. Yeah, yeah, true. Actually, Willow. Have you seen Willow eat? No, I haven't. Is he bottomless pit? Yeah, well, when we go up to the um, defender's room, it's up near the, the player's kitchen. And we're sitting there waiting for the meeting to start. And I thought, where's Willow? And he's always just like feeding that muesli and yogurt, just always eating, never like has a break. Oh, well, maybe he'd have a. He's, yeah, he's pretty shredded, so I don't know where it goes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Follow Big Pitto, I reckon. Big Pitto would give it a crack. Yeah, I haven't seen him eat, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. He's a tough star. Next one is Rob of Q. Hey, Liam, I'm a big fan of yours and a keen air guitarist myself. If you could be the lead guitarist for one band, which one would it be and why? Mine would be Brian Adams or Earl Notes. This is a tough question, Rob. I was thinking about this. Um, and I think like, I was a big Kiss fan, a big Metallica fan. Um, but after watching the Motley Crue um, movie, The Dirt, it sort of scared me off the big rock bands with how hard they party. I don't know if I'd be able to keep up. Um, I, don't, I don't back it up too well. So I think I'd have to try to maybe go something a little bit more chill. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Teskey Brothers, but that's sort of like a little bit bluesy and chilled out. So I think I'd like to just maybe do something like that. Yeah. Um, righty-o, that's a good question. Why don't we head into a bit of an update on training? Yep. Um, getting ready for round two next week. So we had our last big hit out on Wednesday, um, which was good. Bit of match play and... Um, Knew he didn't get in my way this week, so that was good. Um, but no, we're, we're looking good, I reckon. The boys have come back in good nick. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think um, everyone looks like, I think, during that two months or whatever we had off um, during the break, um, me, and, me and you obviously caught up a lot and kicked and ran and, and did weights, but there was very limited things like... A few boys just took, you know, a couple of 10 kilos home or a couple of plates home. So weights and um, limited access to things like gyms was always going to be hard. But the condition that everyone returned in was really good. And I think it's left us, um, it's left us the opportunity to start training um, back really strong. And yesterday, I think, or um, whenever it was, um, match play, I think we were ready to go, like even after the match play finished. I was ready. I felt pretty good to play another quarter or two. So, yeah, um, for a bit more time. Um, I think it's going to be good. I think the hardest thing at the moment is just getting back into game speed and um, reading the game again because without even having to, you know, watch it on TV, timing and stuff um, again. So, but yeah, I, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon one of the one things that stuck out is just the competitiveness of all the blokes at training, which I. Probably we don't see as much in pre-season, but just guys are, I guess, eight weeks of no contact. And when we should be playing games, they're pretty hungry to get out there and play. So that's stuck out for me. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. We've got um, a top five list. Top five list. So we've discussed we're going to do top five Tasmanian players because we are both from Tassie. So we'll be interesting to see how we line up here because I reckon that'd be pretty similar. You want to go first? Uh, you go. All right. So in at number five, I've got Jack Rewalt, full forward from Richmond. Um, I was thinking like some players that maybe could go before him, but I think the career that he's had, the Coleman medals, um, success at two premierships, and just personally playing on him, he's, he's such a great player. I, I just had to have him in there because um, I've just I've seen him so much. Um, number four, I had Alistair Lynch from the Lions. Yeah. Um, probably just yeah, three premierships was a was a gun um, forward and. Yeah, love watching him play. Yeah. Um, number three, I had Nick Rewat. Um, so I think because he moved up to Queensland pretty early, everyone forgets that he's from Tassie, and I think Queensland tried to claim him, but we'll have him, and he was a star. Yeah. yeah. I um I was a massive St Kilda supporter, so I used to idolise him. So he's my number three, and my number two is Big Richo. Um. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I reckon he's dominated games and then in playing in multiple positions, almost won the um, Brownlow playing on the wing that year in 2008. And it was a lot of his career as well. Yeah, he, um, him versus Goods on the wing um, in that dream time. Yeah. Uh, dream team versus Big B. It's awesome. Um, and my number one, I haven't seen him play that much, but... Um, he coached dad at St Kilda and um, my nan, my mum, everyone just mentions what a star he was. So Daryl Bordoff was our number one Tassie player. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, well, I'll have to go with um, Ian Lynch at five. Um, no particular reason why he's at five. I mean, he probably could be higher. Um, I mean, the way he ended his career maybe should put him up a bit higher. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Wow, I forgot about that. Um, takes a bit of guts to do that. Um, number four, I had um, Jack Rewalt. Um, yeah, same reasons. Get to watch him up close. Um, not as not a big like hulking key forward, but real crafty. Um, just good football now, and he's yeah, he's having a great career, still going. Um, number three was Nick Rewalt. I didn't forget him either. Um, Tassie boy, he um, yeah. I mean, for a guy, just the way he moved, he, just, he could run all day, and similar to Richo up on the wing, um, get up the ground, get back, kick goals. Um, number two was Richo. Um, yeah, I'll, he was he was up and about as I was growing up, so I um, used to love watching him. And then my number one was um, Liam Jones. So, 
I think I'll get to I'll get to watch up close, Jonesy, pretty well, and he's probably one of the better ones to come out of the state. So that was my. Mind. I'll, uh, I'll I'll buy the coffee when the cafe's back open back up. Uh, um, okay, so favourite footy story. Um, so a few footy stories that I um that I really like, but there's one that isn't famous, um, but I thought I'd tell. Um, because it's something that I heard numerous amount of times growing up. It was a story of my dad. So he uh, uh, played 20 games for St Kilda, um, was drafted when he was uh, 26. I played his first game at 27. So um, this is a story that me, my brothers and my sisters heard all the time whenever we were complaining about something because uh, Herculean effort, as, as you'd say. So... It was 1979. Uh, Dad was born and raised in Darwin. He, uh, his brother, my uncle, was in Melbourne at the time. So Dad wanted to come down and move to Melbourne. Um, so he caught the bus on uh, the Saturday from Darwin and arrived in Melbourne on Tuesday night. Um, went job hunting on the Wednesday and him and my uncle were staying in Newport, so just before Williamstown over the Westgate Bridge. Uh, my uncle went to work in uh, Thornbury the, um, the Thursday morning, and he said to Dad, I've got training um, for Hyatt um, in, the, in the afternoon. And Dad said, yeah, I want to come. And my uncle said, all the, the train lines are down and there's no transport. Um, and he was working in Thornbury, so he's not going to come back and get him. So Dad said, I'll walk from Newport. And um, he didn't. There was obviously no GPS, no phones or anything like that. And so my uncle said, OK, well, if you get to Moorabbin Town Hall at 5 p.m., I'm coming through there and I'll pick you up and we'll go to training. He goes, righto. So he was leaving up Williamstown Road um, and he didn't know where he was going, being from Darwin, and he knew that he had to get to the city first and get to the road and just keep walking. So he got to the Westgate, saw the city and started walking over the Westgate. <laughs> and then the traffic officers or um, someone pulled him up about a, th a third of the way, just sort of up the ramp and told him that he's not allowed to walk on there. And so he said, oh, I need to get to the city. So the guy said, keep going and get the Footscray Road. And then um, he got to Footscray Road, got into the city, asked some questions where St Kilda Road was and ended up walking to Moorabbin and he made it to Moorabbin at five o'clock for my uncle to pick him up. And so he left it, left Newport at 8am and got to Moorabbin at 5pm. It was like 35 k's um, to, to go to under-18s training at Hyatt. <laughs> Um, and he, he said he ended up coming second in the um, best and fairest that year, so it was all worth it. Um, yeah, so like we heard that so much. If we ever you know complained about training or anything, it was like oh, I walked, I walked to Moorabbin. It's like right over here. We know, we know. <laughs> what would make you think? Like, did he know it was that far when he first started? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because who would say, oh, I'm going to walk? Yeah, and to leave at 8 a.m. and to go and try to train after walking that far, I don't know. I don't know how his skills would have been. 
<laughs> Surely a bit of fatigue in the way. I reckon. Um, so that's my footy story. Here you are. Um, yeah, righty. My footy story. Um, so in my um, in my first year, I like all through juniors, dad was adamant I had to wear a mouth guard. Like I played I played soccer up until I was fifteen. I had to wear a mouth guard playing soccer. Um, as soon as I yeah sure. As soon as I um as soon as I started playing footy is the same, had to wear a mouth guard. Um, and then when I got drafted, um, moved out of home, left my mouth guard at home. So started playing games without a mouth guard. Dad was like, every week, have you got your mouth guard? Have you got your mouth guard? I was like, no, I haven't got it yet. I haven't got it yet. Anyway, couple might have been four or five games in. Um, running back with the flight, copped a knee in the mouth, knocked my tooth out. And um, so I was a little bit dazed. And then I was, um, the trainer came out and was like, oh, um, come on, let's get you off. Like, we've got to get you off. I was like, no, I can't go anywhere until I find my tooth. My daddy's going to kill me. <laughs> out on the ground. That was my first thought. Be like, dad's going to kill me if he like, knocked my tooth out. So anyway, we found the tooth, put it back in, and then it stayed in for, I don't know, it must have been seven or eight years. And then eventually um, it just um, fell out. So I had, to, uh, I had to wear a plate for a bit while I got the, the screw implant and stuff put in. So while I had the plate and I wanted to wear a mouth guard for a game, I couldn't obviously have a tooth in. So there was one game where... I can't remember if it was pre-planned or if I just played a good game and I got interviewed after the game and I had to wear my mouth guard. And I, I, got, I had to wear my mouth guard for this interview. I set it to, I think it might have been Cam Mooney or something. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't take my mouth guard out because I'm missing front tooth. And got off the ground and my phone was just lit up with like, what were you doing? You forgot to take your mouth guard out. Have you got vision of that? Sorry? Is there any vision of that getting around? Um, oh, surely there's someone recorded it. I don't know. Oh, I haven't. I don't want any recollection of it. Oh, it was on telly, so someone would have it. But. You should have just rolled with the no proof. You were a psycho. Yeah, I know, I know. But since then, I've seen people do it. Just roll yeah. with the no tooth. And good on them for having the confidence to do it. I didn't. Yeah. Well, everyone needs to wear a mouth guard because that same thing's happened to me a few years ago. Um, I know it was a harsh lesson. Some, unfortunately, Dad's generally right. So, yeah. Um, um, rumor file. Rumor. I don't know. I was thinking about this. Oh, look at it! Look at it! Rumor file. Have you got any rumors on anyone? Um. I don't know if it's a rumour or if it's true, um, but the only thing I could think of was um, there's a certain player on our list who I believe may be nocturnal. Um, he, no matter how early anyone gets into the club, it seems as though he's been there for three or four hours. Um, and then his locker may or may not be close to mine. Um, I'll say to him first thing in the morning, Oh, geez, you're in here early. What are you doing? Because um, his program may stay, start later. 
And he's like, oh, I got in here at six just to do some ice baths because I was bored and I couldn't sleep. So I'm not sure what time he actually gets into the club, but through boredom and not being able to sleep, he goes into the club and does ice baths. <laughs> so I'm not sure if we're about to reveal who it is, but I think we both know who it is. I think I know who it is. I think that same person might have moved into the club over the off-season as well. Well, Say's paying rent anywhere else, doesn't it? Cheeky. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't really know that much. Just a, a little rumour going around that Ed Kerno's requesting a trade down to the surf coast because he's sick of the two and a half hour commute up every day. Jeez, um, yeah, imagine that. Surely that's not a long term thing. It's just. Yeah. What, is that, they got a football team down there? What would they call it? Uh, I don't know about the town where his house is, but there's definitely like there's football teams on lawn, Barwon Heads. He might have to start his own, the um, Kennet River Cane Toads or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I like. Cane Toads in What What's the colour code, you reckon? Brown or green? Yeah, maybe brown and green. I was going to say that's pretty average, but it's like the fuzzy jumper colours. <laughs> that's right, he probably likes that. That'd, that'd suit his dress code, I reckon. Yeah, oh, he'd be happy if they were woolen with a collar, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And he could wear his Blunstons. So. <laughs> uh, all right, well, thanks, Baggers. It's been fun. That was a bit of blues banter. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed it and um, look forward to seeing you all in the near future. And thanks for the support. Thanks, guys.